Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the Two Left Feet Podcast. Uh, we are joined today. Oh, let me see. I'm your host, Terrence Greer. Joined by my co-host, Ms. Francesca Pena. Hey, y'all. And uh, we are joined today by the wonderful Ms. Rachel Carlino and Nicole Gold- Garden. Gold, Golding. Golding. My fault. <laughs> well, um, uh, you both are members of DDK NOLA, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the Cuban culture in New Orleans. Uh, your mission is to offer free and low-cost dance performance and educational opportunities to members of the New Orleans community in order to increase awareness and appreciation of the Cuban culture influences within our city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Ms. Nicole Golding is the executive director. And Ms. Rachel is the president. Yes. That is awesome. How are y'all doing today? Wonderful. Doing great. Thanks awesome. for having us. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious. Um, how did Dila Kino start? I want to ask, start off with that. Can, or can I? Yes. Of course. <laughs> Why don't you do that one, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> so the organization started in uh, May of 2015, so we're coming up on four years. Pretty exciting for us. Um, we started as an all-female group, um, and we were like that for almost a year, maybe a little less than a year. Um, we just felt that we, we had some Cuban dance in the community already, but we kind of felt like we didn't have enough leads, and so we kind of took it upon ourselves to, you know, have the girls learn the lead part so that we could all dance together and big redas and we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, having missing people in the circle exactly. and things like that. So we kind of just created our own group. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dile Canola is actually a play on words. Okay. And so Dile Cano is actually one of the moves. It is. It's one of the calls, yeah. and it's a universal call. Um, and so we just added La, okay. so Nola, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> since that is where we are based. Miss um, Nicole, you're, you're from uh, original. You're from Peru, is that correct? Yes. Uh, what do they, what do they dance in, in Peru? Oof, they dance all sorts of stuff. Okay. So in Peru, yes, we have our like native uh, folks who dance uh, Andean music. There's winos and wailas. There's all sorts of different. Andean music. We also have Afro-Peruvian music. But believe it or not, Peru is known as the Latin American center of Cuban music and Cuban dance. Um, There was a lot of migration of Cubans to Peru um, and big bands like Charanga Banera, um, Mayimbe, which is like one of the poppin' like timba bands right now. They're based in Peru. So it's like a little... Uh, no, satellite of Cuba. Yeah. So there's lots of dancing. Really, uh, casino is not one of, like, the traditional dances over there, but there's a growing casino dancing community because of the big influence of Cuba. Uh, I'm curious. What, what brought you and your family to New Orleans, of all places? So I actually came alone. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, when I was 19, I so I'm born and raised in Lima, and I moved here for school. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then, so I did my undergrad and my grad here, and then somewhere 
after I decided to to make this hobby an extra committed hobby. I know that you were also, oh no, Miss Rachel, I'm sorry. You were featured in the Baton Rouge, the Advocate, is that correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Tell me it's about that. So, funny thing, I actually work at the Advocate. Oh, that's what it is. So, I'll tell you the whole story. Please, please, so, please. the way that that started was that they have Dancing with the Stars. It's like a nonprofit event where they raise funds for um, different organizations. And um, they do it every year, it's a big event. Um, and this year, it was representing the ARC Foundation. Um, and so they, they always ask someone from the advocate to be in it. And, of course, you know, this year they asked me because they know that I like to dance. Okay, and so okay. naturally I said yes right off the bat. Um, but then, however, I, I figured out that they wanted me to be an amateur. And I was like, well, is that fair? You know, um, do you want me to be a, a teacher instead? And they said, oh, yeah, you know how to teach. And so I went on to tell them, you know, what all we do as yeah. an organization. And they said, yeah, we're, we want you to be a teacher. And so they ended up partnering me with someone else. <laughs> and so I had to train that person. His name was George. Um, yeah, and we competed. Okay, okay. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's a competition. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, art, the advocate did a nice little yeah, article. They had an ad. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> to promote me. So that was really nice. <laughs> My own ad in the newspaper where I was. <laughs> I felt pretty special. Of course. Um, I, can never, I, I can't say that, that I've been in the newspaper. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, I know that you came, Miss um, uh, Nicole, you came from Peru to New Orleans, right? Right. Started doing school and everything. Mm-hmm. And so were you dancing Cuban in in Peru, or did you learn that here? Like, how did you how did you start that? I started in Lima, yeah. Okay, in Peru. okay. So that actually came out of a romantic something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That ended up with no romance, okay. but um, it was just this guy that in high school I had a big crush on, and uh, he was like, "Oh, there's this new place where in Peru they also call it Cuban salsa." They're okay, okay. um, like, "Ah, oh, salsa cubana." So, and it's cheaper if we go. In pairs. Mm. So I was like, okay, let me go, because I just wanted an excuse to go right. dance with him. Um, so it ended up that he had two left feet. Um, uh, and by it was like a 10-class pack, and he quit by class two, and oh, then wow. I just kept going. Yeah. And then I just, you know, started nerding out with Cuban dance over there, and then I came here, and I kind of stopped for a while because I was in school. Right, right, right. Um, but I would still go out social dancing, and, like, back in the day, um, I don't know, what do you call that? What was it? Mojitos. Mojitos was a thing. Um, upstairs of Maison was another thing. Okay. Uh, not the new Maison, but, like, the old Maison. Okay, okay. Um, There was another place um, also off of Frenchman. It was, it was nice. Um, but, yeah, it was more of a social, informal okay. thing. I'm curious. Um, I have never been to Peru and Co. So tell me, what what is Peru like? What is Lima like? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I plan to go back in the next few years. Have you, have you ever been back? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I go maybe once or twice a year. Okay. Um, it's wonderful. It's uh, there's a lot of really good food. Yeah, We're yeah, famous yeah, for our food. Yeah, okay, um, so I'm a big foodie. <laughs> uh, everything. So I always focus on the food. It's everything is fresh. Uh, the culture is very. Um, they're very warm. Warm too. Okay. It's very. It's very like New Orleans. So I guess that's why I've been here so long. Um, and there's. Um, 
the coast, then there's the mountains, and then there's um, the jungle. So we have three very distinct regions in Peru. Um, it's hot, but not too hot. Is, and is it, it humid like you? It's or? humid. It's humid, but not like not like here. <laughs> no, I don't think anything's like here. <laughs> I'm right about that. Um, but uh, it never gets too cold. Never gets too hot. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased. Probably 100%. I mean, that's, what, that's your hometown. So, I mean, of course, you got to represent. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're actually planning a trip to Peru maybe in 2020. Okay. To do a little uh, tourism there and also to do casino dancing. Mm. I, I want to, speaking of trips, I want to talk about the uh, your trip to Cuba, right? Your, your, yeah. You're planning like a group trip? Yeah. Yes. Let's speak on that, please. <laughs> so, um... Right now, the, everything is kind of up in the air um, because we've been going to Cuba on a yearly basis. Um, as, a, as a group? As an organization, okay, but, okay. but mainly the board members and some of our performers. That's awesome. But we've never, as an organization, the Dilek and Ola itself, organized an actual group trip okay. open to other members of our, of our community and of, of our, like, that take our classes and stuff like that. So... Um, this year, November, we're aiming for November 15th to the, to the 23rd so, so that we can take advantage of that Thanksgiving break. Um, and we're planning to go to Havana. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. we also, actually also travel to Santiago a lot because in Santiago there's a big rueda de casino and casino culture in mm-hmm. uh, Son. Um, but we really want people to experience yeah. Havana because Havana, I think, is a little bit closer to a lot of the places that we like to go, like yeah. Varadero and have a little beach. Yeah. Um, there's Viñales, like for the vineyards. Um, but I would say we chose Havana just for that for that aspect. And plus, you know, who goes to Cuba and doesn't go to I would Havana? Say, yeah, that's, that's exactly. one of those yeah. cities, right? Yeah. 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 So, but this year we're actually in the works and we're trying to get one of our favorite dance schools and or instructors to travel from Santiago to Havana just to train us. Um, so it's going to be like, say, I think we're, we've maxed out our participants at 15. That's what I saw. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's because every single participant has an instructor. Wow. So for every non-Cuban, one Cuban. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So you have, like, personalized instruction the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a main, like, the director, Jorge Luna Roque, um, hopefully will be there if everything turns out, um, and he will be leading everything, but then you have your private instructor during the class. So, awesome. so it's like you learn or you learn, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, never, I can't wait. I never heard of a class like that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty much a private, right? Yeah. It's a private in a group. Yeah. <laughs> but you have that one-on-one, you know, personalized attention. Like, if there's something that you need to work on, they'll work on it with you. You know, yeah. if you're maybe ahead, like, they'll keep going and you can learn even more. Yeah. So That is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And because they're wonderful instructors, I mean, m- most instructors – need to know how to lead and how to follow. So even if you're paired with a male instructor, um, you know, they leave away machismo or whatever, and they're like, well, if you want to learn how to lead this, lead me, you know? So they, so it really, it really allows you to learn from every perspective that you want. Now, some, some females don't want to lead, but every, every year that I go, I know that I, I'm one of the persons that says, well, I got to lead this because I got to teach this, you know? So it's going to be, it's going to be a really good experience and we're building a really, really good um, program for that for November. I want to speak on just um, like learning. If 
you're a follower, learn to lead. If you're a leader, learn to follow. Because I believe that that only makes you a better dancer overall, right? 100%. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's always a great idea. Yes, yes. I mean, because if you if you are a lead um, and you don't know what it is like to be led properly or improperly, um, then you can't really relate. You know, it. I think I think that knowing how to follow as a lead makes you have a bigger sense of empathy, mm-hmm. um, and just relating to your partner and connecting to your yeah. partner. So and I think I'll it's say really as important. As a lead, um, just me personally learning how to follow it, it improves my lead because I understand what it takes. Like, what's a clear signal? Right. You know, um, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm all for that. Yeah. 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 I definitely found when I like they. I mean, when I when we started De La Canola, they we had a performance, you know, within a couple months of starting, yeah. and I they were like, "We need you to be a lead," and I was right. like, "I've never led before," <laughs> but it actually came pretty easy, and it it made I feel like it made me a much better dancer because I was able to you know relate to the to the yeah. follow and learn like what type of resistance to give and in both the lead and the follow yeah, position, yeah, so yeah. it was really helpful. Yeah. Especially uh, you know for instructors, definitely. I want to. I want to talk about. I don't know how much you know about the history of like uh, Rueda, but uh, I believe salsa came from song, right? Some something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, please cool me. So, where does uh, how does Rueda fit into that picture? Cuban salsa. Okay. Um, so I guess we originally started as a Rueda de Casino group, um, but Rueda is just a formation. It just means a wheel. Oh, okay. So. Um, a lot of people compare it to square dancing. Um, it's not like an act, you know, it's it's just the formation of it. So what we dance is casino. And I guess, so son dates back to what, like the 30s. Um, and there was son music in very, um, so musically, just, just musically. Um, there was son that was very ornate. There was son that was not very ornate. You know, we just had like, uh, singer, some maracas, like maybe unos bongos or something like that. Um, but then it, it became having a kind of like an evolution. And then when they started incorporating like the rumba clave into it, somewhere in the 50s, um, what what is known as son montuno was was developed and was danced in these places called um, casino deportivos. So it meant it, th- these casino deportivos were in Cuba, like places where people would have recreational events. So um, so in the fifties, uh, people would get together, and all of a sudden um, they would dance in close position. So these were like the first social dances. Right, so of course, before casino, we had son, which is, is also uh, a social dance, um, just in a completely different, completely di- different style. But casino comes from son dancing. Um, a lot of people say that son and danzón and stuff like that comes from contradanza. That is uh, like English, like it, it comes from like English. Uh, uh, influence within like colonization and stuff like that because it was like the first social like actual close social dancing. So casino develops um, in los casino deportivos and it's uh, it's their type of social dance. Um, so I guess salsa comes in the 1970s. So that's 20 years yeah. later. Yeah. But salsa, I guess. Um, Salsa, uh, 
there's big debates about where it's from and like donde la salsa, what country. Um, I think that there's an overall consensus recently that salsa is born in New York. Salsa as we know it today. Oh, right, right. The Mambo, right? Right. It's right. born in New York right, right. in the 70s. Like late 60s, 70s, there's a boom, you know. Salsa is a big fusion of, of like, we have even, uh, we have jazz, we have Brazilian influence. We have, like, it's just a big sauce of everything, right? Um, so a lot of people debate, yeah, that salsa is not really a genre, um, like even Tito Puente said, like, no, salsa is what you put on the food, you yeah. know? And, and Tito Puente is like the biggest salsero, you know, salsa influencer ever, well, one of them. Um, so, so when, so when we talk about salsa, I guess we as casineros who dance this particular style and choreograph, choreograph of dance, um, can dance to salsa music, right? Exactly. But, in the 50s, what were we dancing to? So if there was no salsa music, so clearly I wasn't born in the 50s, but yeah. says the history that they were dancing to Son Montuno. So, so you can dance casino to Son Montuno. You can dance casino to newer genres um, like timba, uh, that is kind of like the newer Son Montuno because it has the same structure. You can dance it to Changui, uh, to Songo, which is like the what Los Bambans supposedly created. Um, you can dance casino to to salsa. Yeah. But now also with salsa, there's really, I guess, in what I've seen, there's two different types of salsa. Salsa the as right, salsa on one, salsa on two, but those are both linear dances, right. and that's American salsa. So, I know you asked me a lot about like how back in Peru. So I have a lot of Latin American friends, right. and we so us non-trained salseros, what we call salsero in Latina and like Latino salsero, is a completely different salsa American, right? than the American course, linear yeah, salsa. Yeah, yeah. So there's a salsa as the music, there's a salsa as the dance, and within the dance there's American salsa, which is that that um, kind of more like salon, like like linear, and um, and salsa in like Peru and Colombia, right. where it's more of like it seems like it has um, what do you call that dance uh, from Mexico? Uh, uh, no. Maybe, or, or, yeah, like, even, like, it's more like cumbia, okay. like, like cumbia colombiana, you know, like, kind of lateral, lateral. Um, so, so it, it really, it really is different. Salsa is kind of relative. It's more of a movement. I say that it's probably, salsa in Puerto Rico is probably different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who says, I remember she, she lived in Puerto Rico for seven years, and she's like, in Puerto Rico, they dance to the bass. Like, they don't dance like they dance salsa in Colombia, that they dance to the melody. So, I mean, it's different. But, but I guess for the purposes of here in the U.S., where salsa is mainly the salsa on one, salsa on two, um, it's, that's a very different uh, type of dance than casino is. Uh, Miss Rachel, what did you did you grow up in like a dancing household or I did. Okay. Um I mean although my mom is from Cuba, she came here when she was eight. So um she she never really taught me any kind of Cuban related dance, but I did grow up doing like ballet, jazz, contemporary. I did that for twenty four years. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so 
I grew up as a dancer. I actually didn't start Latin dancing until I was 18 because I always had that, that and I felt the need, you know, to, you know, discover, like, the culture that was out there, you know, that I, that were my roots. And that's your um, mother. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But unfortunately, she didn't know, you know, much of the dance, um, of the Latin dances. And so, you know, as soon as I turned 18, that was one of the first things that I did was, like, go to a Latin club, okay. start so learning you're from, how to Latin you're from dance. Rouge, right? So where'd you yes. go? Um, Who was teaching in Baton Rouge? Um, there were, well, I started out doing a lot of Latin ballroom at yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then as far as just, like, regular Latin dancing, I just learned, like, going to Latin clubs. Okay, okay. Yeah, there was yeah. a few clubs in Baton Rouge. There was, like, 225. Um, there was 600 Main okay. downtown. Okay. Um, there was Avoyles also downtown. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was back in the day. None of these places <laughs> exist anymore. <laughs> and you were a DJ, too, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Eventually I turned into a DJ. That's awesome. Yes. Um, what sparked that? Um, so eventually I, well, one of the persons, um, who was hosting the Latin nights, he ended up just not wanting to do it anymore. So, and I didn't want them to end because I was, you know, (laughs) one of the biggest fans of those Latin nights. And so I ended up kind of taking it over. Um, and so in that process, you know, I kind of built my own business out of it. Um, and in the process I learned how to DJ because, you know, sometimes we, we didn't have anyone to DJ and it was just something that I found interesting. I've always been in love with music. Um, so I just happened to (laughs) learn to DJ. So I want to talk about, um, so you, you, you noticed that you saw a need and you, you acted upon that. Uh, there are people out there who are, you know, scared or hesitant to, to act, to do. I'm curious, what, um, what, what could you say to them? Because you, know, you seem like you know, like, you know and everything. You, know, you see a need or, and you just act upon it instead of just hesitate. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I, I guess everybody's different. Right. You know, like me growing up, you know, like since my mom came here when she was so young, she's Americanized, right. you know. Like she yeah. didn't, a lot of the culture, like the Cuban culture, we didn't really have that growing up. You know, my dad is American. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the, the women who came from Cuba and my family married Americans. Okay. And so, you know, but I always heard the stories, you know, of, of how everything was back in Cuba. And so, you know, of course, I didn't ever get to go to Cuba until very recently. So I always had that, that you know, desire to learn more about the culture. Um, so I guess it just depends on everybody's individual family situation, you know, like where their family's from, like how immersed in the culture their family is. It just kind of depends on that. What brought your mother to the States? What's that? So what brought your mother to the States? Oh, um, she came in 1962, so it was after the revolution. Um, She and her mom and my mom's sister, they came together. And my grandfather had to stay, unfortunately, for a couple more years until they – he was allowed to leave. (laughs) But (laughs) eventually they all ended up – together they, they, they came to the new orleans or where they go they came to baton Rouge. well okay. to lafayette actually oh, you know why the yeah um so the the reason that they were able to like get permission to leave is because someone in the family had a son um, who unfortunately died in a drowning accident um he was in the boy scouts and so that was the kind of the excuse for them to leave and to come here was to go be with the family for a okay, few weeks okay. and they were supposedly going to come right back right. but of course they they didn't and they just stayed. Um, and then eventually they moved to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Okay. I definitely understand that. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Um, I, I want to talk about, I guess, uh, a lot of stuff that Dina Kino is doing because I, 
I looked you guys up, and you guys are doing a lot of things. So <laughs> I know for one that you all performed in San Francisco in February 2018. Yes, we, we did. did. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I looked at it, and that was, um, that was like a five-minute routine. <laughs> Yes. That, that's <laughs> Most Cuban songs And we shortened the song. And we, we shortened the song. <laughs> okay, I was like, so, uh, I mean, we, I mean, all of us performed, so a five-minute routine, that is, that is, that is <laughs> tell me, what was that like? The, 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 you know, the practice and what was that? Like, I want to hear everything. It yeah. was super intense. Right. Yeah. Um, we had that, we had that routine, um, since since November, because we actually performed it for the first time oh, of seventeen at, um, or two thousand seventeen. Yeah, at an event. Um, what what event was it? Was it a an event by Dejan and Rubia? I'm not sure. I think it might have. I, been. I know it was, it was at Dance Quarter okay. in like November. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we prepared it for that, yeah. um, and we weren't really um, even as in leads to follows. There were still lots of kinks that had to be fixed, so we fixed it between. December and uh, January, shortened it a little bit. Um, tweaked a few things, right. made it more it. exciting. Right, right. We're like, we watched the video 500,000 times, <laughs> yeah. and we're like, oh, that looks boring. Let's make it better. Right. So, but, so that, oh, go ahead. So that's how we, that's how we fix our choreographies. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say something funny about that choreo is that we actually started choreographing it sitting next to each other on a plane to okay. San Diego. Oh yeah, we <laughs> did. Oh goodness. Yeah, we on literally plane, we write down our choreography. Is that how you do it? Yeah. 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 We're like, ooh, this is the next this song for our choreography. We're very like systematic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our yes. minds work the same way with yes. choreography. Yes, so. we choreographed that one together. Um <laughs> but yes, that's pretty cool though. So we just we grabbed like a sheet of paper and we literally broke out broke down the six minute song into each eight count. And we're wow, like, on this wow. eight count, we do this one. It, that, 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 that. And wow. we break it by phrase. We break it by chorus. We break it by the bridge. So we're kind of nerds. What was San Francisco like? I've, I've never been. That was my first time. Okay. It was cold. But really? it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. I it was yeah, it was like breezy and cold. I was like, no, I okay. need to go back to. But it was like a brisk cold, you know. Yeah, okay. it was like crisp. It wasn't okay. like humid like here and like a cold. Right, right, it was. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. If I had to be in the cold, I would choose the San Francisco mm. cold. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it was. It was so. So for San Francisco is huge yeah. with Cuban dance. It's probably the biggest. Oh, it's a big scene out there. Oh, yeah, huge. It's probably the biggest uh, festival really? like in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and our our really good friends Ryan and Sydney from San Francisco, they have a like a dance company called Rueda con Ritmo, and they have fifteen hundred students. Oh wow! And they're just one of the organizations. That's where in San Francisco. Okay, okay, okay. Fifteen hundred. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's just their their school. So we're talking about like a lot of people. When when we go to that hotel. where the where the congress is held the room is packed with people dancing casino and that's just like unseen in our side of the is it just country has a big cuban population or just no to be honest most of them are gringos you know (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah and they are lit 
They're good. Yeah, there's they're, so much talent there. I mean, yeah. we had well, a blast. I mean, it's a big city, though, right? So yeah. I would hope so. A big city has good, good talent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and really good instructors too. I think that that's a big thing. They they have really good Cuban instructors over there. They teach um, like. Uh, good casino fundamentals and good like they have a really good base over there and they also have like um uh afro-cuban instructors rumba and stuff like that so they're really good all right so um kind of you know uh, along those lines there's a flash mob Oh, yeah. it's coming along, right? really soon you guys get into uh, two days wow oh, wow it's thursday already <laughs> yes so um and I know there was one in 2017 in San Diego as well. Is that right? Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that one and then we move to the one that's coming up? The one in 2017? Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't remember. In San, wait, in San Diego, you, <laughs> you said? said in San Diego? Yeah, I think yes. it was in San Diego. Maybe not. In 2017 we, in San Diego? I believe so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, we, we flash mobbed, that's right. Yes, okay. okay. So we, yeah, we ended up going to a Congress there together, um, and that was just one of the things that they did. They did, like, a flash mob uh, bus tour okay. around different sites in San Diego, and we stopped and got out and mm-hmm. toured, uh, you know, different areas for a little bit, and then we brought our big speaker, and everybody did a flash mob, okay. and we just did that all around town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was fun. But the one for this Saturday mm-hmm. is actually the International Rueda de Casino Flash Mob Day. So in every main city around the world, there's, like, many countries and cities that do this um every year same time like same local time uh they get together at city centers and they uh do a rueda de casino flash mob this is our fourth year yeah yeah. we do it every year in front of the st louis cathedral okay, on yeah, jackson yeah, square yeah, that's where we did a flash mob there as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We did a Brazilian Zoo one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a spot. spot. Yeah. <laughs> High traffic area. Yeah. People not expecting it. Right. Right. People coming out of church. Yeah, and we have, we have, usually we have lots of folks that come out and represent. Um, it's very, it, we try to do it very, like, a very basic repertoire of moves right, right, that right. everyone can just hop in and join. Right, right, um right. And even if you don't know it, I mean, even if you look, it seems like you're making a fool out of yourself. It's okay because, you know, it's just a flash mob in the idea. Have fun though, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Right. And I think, I think we have a pretty good representation every year of our dance community because like salseros come join, um, bachateros. I mean, Tina, who, who does everything, comes every year. Um, you know, so, so it's, it's really good. Or, and if they don't join, they come out and film and cheer. You know, it's real nice. It should be. I was going to say legally, but this is not legal. It should be at 4 p.m., but we like to do it at 6 because at 6, um, uh, there's a, there's actually a church service before. So at 6, church is over. It's okay. Um, church is over, and then, you know, you have all of the people coming out of church and the nuns, and nuns are, are notorious for dancing a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so we changed the time. You know, it's New Orleans two hours later. <laughs> I'm curious. I know y'all recently performed at uh, Southern Rep Theater. Oh, yeah. How was that? It was fun. It was fun. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 
it was it was at one of our at one of our events for the okay. Carnival Exchange project, okay. and we just wanted to have a, like a in house performance uh, because we're the like you know, hosts the Carnival Exchange with diaspora travel experiences, so we just wanted to do a little demo of what's going on in New Orleans, and um, then we also had Tina and Peter right. represent. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious, like. It seems like Dina Cano is doing everything. Is it a performance team? Is it you know, all the classes? Um, is it a little bit of everything or what? All of the above. All of the above? Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess because we are a community organization, um, our motto, like just the thing that we've been saying is we're not dance instructors. Um, we're not a dance school uh, because then that brings a bigger responsibility. But we do like to teach people how to dance in the best of, to the best of our ability. Um, so eventually with the years of being together and dancing together, we've developed like, you know, certain folks who have like a, a talent for teaching. So we, we like to share that with our community. Yeah. And that's why we like to offer those classes. But it's not like we're a dance school per okay. se. Right, okay, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious though, um, you both teach, correct? Correct. What is... <laughs> I'm curious. Um, when when you're teaching, cause I, I don't teach at all, so I don't know anything about this. What, what's the most difficult part about leading a class? You know, trying to keep everything under control and everything, or I think it's trying to, you know, when you have a class that may be filled with people from different levels, mm-hmm. um, that's a, that's a real challenge okay. because you have those people who wanna like skyrocket and just do so much more and then you know you have the people who are just basic beginners there to learn the basics so sometimes you have a mix of those people and that's probably the biggest challenge is trying to find that happy medium where everybody is getting you know something out of the class and everybody feels comfortable and everybody's happy with the material that is being taught okay i I, I know you all offer or no, I agree 100%. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. So I know you all offer, like, spring, summer, and fall classes. Is that? Yeah. So that's a new thing that we're trying to do um, because the like Enola, we've kind of been, like, by demand, you know? Okay. Uh, people all of a sudden um, say, hey, are you all offering a class? And we're, we're like, oh, who wants to teach the next series? So this year we're trying to make, do something different and make it to where – each season we have a series um so that it's a little bit more organized and keeps us sane um and just i guess kind of going on what rachel said a lot of the time we for the first two or two years two and a half years we were offering all of our all of our classes were free um and it's phenomenal but the only problem with free classes is that People trickle in and people trickle out. It's a consistency, right? Yes, consistency. Right. And because when you pay for something, you value it and you don't exactly. want to lose your money. Right. Um, we're not like a money-focused organization at all, but we do like that um, – like if we have an ongoing class, we don't have to go back to basics every single time. Yeah, exactly. So – it just keeps people interested, and so that's why we've tri- we're trying to develop a, a, like the new dance series where it's four weeks at a time, and you know you come to the first class and you have to stay through. Right. So nobody knew after the second or third class okay, because then okay. you're going to make everybody else exactly. slow down. Um, so that's what we're trying to do this this uh, year. I think that's a wonderful idea, especially just to to build up the Cuban salsa, the Rueda, the scene, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I don't know if it's the best thing to have just a 
a city for beginners. Yeah, no, definitely not. I hope that I hope that we. I mean, we have some intermediate and some advanced dancers. Um, last year, we focused a lot on building our fundamentals, um, but I think I think that what right now what we need to work on is um, being able to within the same because our dance community is so small. It's so small. It's so for, so for small. Any of the genres, salsa, bachata, yeah, zouk, yeah, exactly. all yeah. the diversity zumba, yes. Yeah, and so I guess what we're trying to do is make it to where um, all of those other folks who are interested and they're like, oh, I'm curious about casino, right. that they know what the, what what is uh, distinct about casino, what makes it different, um, and to be able to translate that to their dance. Even if even if you're not, like, the most, um, quote-unquote, advanced, like, turn pattern, amazing, like, uh, pirouette kind of stuff, uh, if you know your solid funda- fundamentals as a casino dancer, if you're a fundamentally strong casino dancer, then you should be good. That's any dance. Knowing the basics, the fundamentals will take yes. you far. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So as long as we have a whole city full of fundamentally strong <laughs> people, be good. I am very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Oh, I'm curious. Um, so you all been dancing for quite a while. What, what are some lessons that you've learned from dancing that you're able to translate to your everyday life? Patience. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Um, persistence. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess it, the energy that you, that you give is the energy that you get. Oh, very true. Okay, yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> um, there's lots of things that you can Yeah, there's about. actually lots of things. <laughs> I feel like... I I've feel never like, thought about it before. <laughs> although, you know, we social dance and although we teach and we perform, I feel like dance is literally in my head all the time. Okay. It's uh, a problem. It's a passion you in, right? Yeah. I'm in the car <laughs> dancing mentally. <laughs> I called Rachel yesterday, and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you called me right now. Because I was literally dancing the, the, was it Cancun or San Francisco? Cancun choreography in my car. I'm like, oh, my God. I want to talk about that. You guys are, did you already go to Cancun or you're going to Cancun? We did. We went um, back in September. So they host the Cuban Dance Congress every year in September. Okay. So um, this past year was our second year performing. Okay. So I've never been to Cancun. Tell me what was that like? It's beautiful. Okay, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> and lots of really talented dancers. Okay. I mean, they have so many casineros and casinetas mm, there. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. They have awesome. a great community of, of Cuban culture there. Yeah. And you know what? I guess something that's amazing about Cancun is that it's really close by right, right. and um, cheap to fly to and to stay. I mean, an all-inclusive hotel is pretty reasonable um, for those who participated in the event. But I guess also that they don't have the restrictions that the U.S. has oh, for what? Cubans. So oh, there okay. will be the Cube, like you know, the 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 Cuban artists that I like obsess over oh. YouTube. They're there because they can enter Mexico awesome. without a problem. So that's, I guess, one of the problems in the United States with the congresses and festivals that a lot of the Cuban talent they can't happen to get a visa. You know, um, even an artist visa. It's just been a little bit rough lately for that. Speaking of like festivals and congresses, I don't think I've ever heard of a Rueda or a Cuban festival. Am I just out the loop, or is that a big thing? 
That's a big thing. Oh, oh I'm at the Luffy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the one in San Francisco that we okay. performed at, that was specifically like Cuban Only fans. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. okay. Yeah. Same right. as the one in Cancun. We try okay. to do one, like a big one every year. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they have, let's see, there's one. Atlanta. They have Atlanta. Right, we sure, usually do sure that. Enough. That's super close. Yeah. They have one in Seattle. They have San Diego. Um, Baltimore now. Baltimore. It's growing. Okay, it all right. I'm just out of the loop. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Definitely. I'm curious. Strictly speaking on New Orleans, why do you think the dancing here is so small? I, I, I was thinking, coming from Virginia, I was thinking that coming closer to you know Mexico, um, Southern, that it would be a bigger dancing. But I might can argue that Richmond, Virginia, and here are very comparable. I, you know why? Why it's such a small scene? I, to be honest, have no idea. I don't yeah. know. Okay. You would think that since it's such a city, like, rich in culture, that, system. you know. Yeah, party city, right? Uh, yeah. You know, that people, that it would be a huge dance community. Yeah. But I guess it just, even though New Orleans, I guess, is a big city, it's not as big in comparison to, like, San Francisco. Yeah, right, right, or some right. of the other big cities where I guess there's more potential for. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. You know, for Cuban style dance, yeah, I'm not sure. I think also our our I guess our trained dancing uh-huh. is small. Okay. Um, because there's several dance venues. I mean, starting yeah. with Mo Chalet, you know, like <laughs> yes, there's untrained dancers everywhere. Like there's apparently there's salsa night at like a casino, Treasure Chest Casino, yeah. or something like that. You know. So, I mean, although it seems like the dance scene is small because uh, the trained dancers are, you know, few and far between, it doesn't mean that there's few dancers in the city. Okay. Now, we have a big, you know, big, there's a, there's a large community of Hondurans, and they have their own type of dance. Right. I mean, I'm sure that you can find a lot of people who kill that punta um, <laughs> in the city, you know? Yes. But, but, you know, I guess... I don't know. I guess it's also part of, like, socioeconomic and opportunity and who has actually time to go and take a okay, dance class. Okay. Because I don't know, if, in my opinion, a lot of the majority of people in our scene are younger. Uh, and when, when they start having families, they kind of fall, fall okay, off. So, right, right, right. I mean, I think it's kind of just flowing. Mm. I'm curious, what keeps, what keeps you all's passionate through the kid now? Like, what's your driving factor? Um, I think we just love dance so much. Okay. I mean, all of us in the organization. Like, we all have, I don't know, that special connection with, okay. you know, the group that we kind of, like, had something yeah. to do with its its beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How, how big is it now? Do you have, like, a member count or? That's a really good question. I mean, if our, our flash mob has gotten to about 40 people. Oh, wow. Just a flash mob. Um I'm thinking we ha- we should have, I don't know, maybe 60 or 80 people oh, wow. that have okay. come through us. That's awesome. At least. Um, I, think, I think that also what, what keeps us together is that for some odd reason, we're all obsessed with Cuba. Okay. Yes. And we have this, like, guttural connection to it, you know? And uh, uh, everyone in their own personal way. Some of it have it because, you know, it's their family. Some of it have it for just, you know, because for in my case – because I grew up listening to Cuban music, you know, it reminds me of my grandma who's Peruvian. I mean, like what? Um, or like people have, have it because they're, I don't know, they got religious 
Afro-Cuban religion uh, ties to to Cuba. So I mean, I think I think that in our organization, there's a little bit of everything um, and a little bit of different reasons why we're obsessed with Cuba. Okay. I want to talk about um, just going back to you know Rueda Cuban salsa. Um, when I first started learning, I was coming from on one salsa. LA style, I believe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, Cuban was just, it was just so different, and I actually I, I very much struggled with it to be honest and honest with you. For 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 beginners out there, who I, even I'm still being honest, <laughs> uh, for beginners out there who feel like they're stuck in a rut, you know, um, feel like they're you know, just staying in the same place. What what can, what advice can you give them? What can you tell them? I guess my biggest advice would be that in order to learn casino properly. Um, you don't have to unlearn salsa, but you need to completely compa- compartmentalize it. Yeah. See it as something completely different. It is two different dance styles, right? Completely different. Right. Um, it's not even styles. It's completely dance, different, different dances okay. altogether. Okay. We might share the same music. We might dance it at the same time to the same music, but it does not mean that we're dancing <laughs> the same thing. So I think it's really, um, you know, like... I don't know. I'm, I, for some reason, my mother's voice is in my head right now. Okay. She's a Pilates instructor, okay. and she teaches like the original method of Pilates. And she says it's much harder to teach someone who has learned it wrong than to teach someone who has learned it right. So it's. I think it's. It's not that people have learned it wrong, but I guess in, with casino, it's better to not see it as a style when you start. So if you don't see casino as a style of salsa, it's going to make it just make so much more sense, and you can build from zero rather than building from what you know, what you know, or what you think you know. Okay. I guess. No, I definitely understand that. Uh, I just said, speaking on you know being taught wrong, not that it is wrong, but just having that the improper foundation can lead mm-hmm. you astray, can lead you wrong. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Or uh, it's not necessarily that it's improper. It's the it's the proper foundation for another dance. Exactly. So right, as right. as long as you have the foundation for the right for the right dance, it's just a matter of kind of more than like technicality of the dance or more of you becoming a professional. It's also a matter of respecting where it came from and right. the culture that it represents. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess also a big part of the Lekinola is in the past year or so, two years, we've been trying to really really educate uh, the community with kind of what makes it different and trying to keep what what is Cuban Cuban mm. you know not not American no, I it's, uh, seeing we were to like you know lie or social is some it's kind of captivating because there's so many moving parts there's so yes. much going on is that is that the European influence you're speaking of like what did that like come from apparently from what I heard it's supposed to be it's supposed to come from contradanza and like and it's contradanza is country dance Okay, um, so I guess that's from like in- Inglaterra or in- England, um, and I there was so what what kind of translated to to Rueda de Casino. Not that it really had any influence into developing the dance itself, but in terms of the formation of Rueda de Casino in Contradanza, there is a collar. So in Rueda, there is a collar that says like, oh, right, right, "Give right, right, me right. one," yeah. and then you dame, switch. Dame un, dame yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, just like that. Yeah. You should be a collar for us. <laughs> We're gonna train you. And all the moves are universal. So like, you could oh, right, go right, anywhere. Right, right. You can go to China. 
And it's still, even if they, you know, it should be the same, like, how they say it, dame, dame uno. Right, right, right. Um, no. And they also have hand signals that go with it. So if, it, if you're in a really loud venue and you can't necessarily sense. hear the person who's calling, you know, they'll do signals, you know, yeah. like, pat their head or dame. There's... There's a signal that goes That's with each awesome. call. That's so awesome. So you can really go anywhere and dance it. And, you know, that just helps with the community aspect yeah. and it so, being such a universal yeah. dance. Uh-huh. So, so go you grew up dancing, correct? I grew up listening to Cuban salsa okay. or timba. And, um, but I didn't grow up dancing casino. So I'm curious, for both of you, what was your learning experience like then? Uh, in Peru? It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Why do you say awesome? Because you, um, in, in Peru, the, the way that this class was structured was really nice. It was very community-oriented. Um, it was like a big salon, and everybody would, uh, you would just come in, uh, pay your class, and there was a syllabus that you followed. Oh. So it was very structured. Yeah, exactly. But there was also, because it was so many students, there were maybe like maybe five to ten instructors or assistants the That's whole awesome. time. So they would rotate. That's so nice. you would come in with your partner or they would assign you a partner and then someone would come and say, well, how does item number one look? Show me. And once so you're done cool. with that one, then you go to the next one. They have a really good teaching that's, method that's so over there. That's different than any class I've been to down here, which is yeah. one instructor. Right. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We tried to work that's something right. like that over here, but it, I think so it wasn't enough. Right. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Like, the ratio wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. But maybe one day. That's a wonderful. That's a wonderful way to teach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about like those people that um, actually learn from reading. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That uh, they, like I'm one of those. Like I like to read and then visualize it. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that will help so much, so many people. You know, being able to actually know, learn to move, what is actually called, and then executing it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and we've tried to incorporate syllabi. Sil- sil- is that Is that the plural? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Syllabi into our into our classes, and it really helps um, because a lot of people. I mean, the moves are in Spanish, yeah, and they're like Vasila, exactly. what you know, like uh, so. So I think it really helps for people to read. Yeah, and not also like for them to read. Not only that, but also. Like, we learn so much stuff week after week, and, you know, you may forget it. So it's a good yeah, reminder, but yeah. also it's, like, at the, at the very end, it's a conclusion of everything that right. they've learned. So it helps them feel very accomplished, you know, because we go over quite a bit of, of calls and, and different moves in our series. And so having that just provides everybody with an extra sense of accomplishment at the end. So. I'm curious, what was your um, learning experience? What was that like for you? Um, I, I mean, I loved it. It's awesome as well. Um, I kind of took classes here and there, like just randomly. And I had friends who were Cuban that kind of taught me. Um, and then, um, I mean, it, it, overall, it just came really easy to me. Because I already did other types of dancing. Okay, okay, and so okay, it was okay. just another, you know, like style for yeah, me to learn. Okay, so it came very okay. easy. But it's definitely become my favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, do y'all... Are y'all strictly Cuban? Do y'all dance anything else? I try my best to follow okay. uh, salsa. Uh-huh. Um, I, I need some more training. Okay. Uh, I like bachata. I, I like um, just traditional 
bachata. Um, I can't do the sensual just because I guess I don't feel sensual enough yet. Yeah. But maybe one day. It's a comfort level as well, though. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like all, t- all sorts of dancing. The only one that I still haven't g- taken a class for is Zouk. And okay. I need to yeah. go to those Monday. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, a free series. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, free. Yeah, free. That's hard to be free. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about you saying you can't follow salsa. I, I don't. I'm not a follow, but is following not following? Like follow? Yeah, is it the same? No, no, it's not the same. Okay. So, hmm, this is a tricky one. Okay, so although, so I, so really, I feel like I can, but I don't, I definitely can't follow as well as you can. Um, because when you cue me, um, salsa has a very different way of leading. Um, and it's like you gotta know the figure to be able to execute it. For us, it's, um, there's like, um, uh, kind of like a, what what we call what what I call assumptions. Okay, so there's um, if the man, you know, does the spin and lets me go, I sh- the assumption is that my body should be doing this same motion in perpetuity until he tells me otherwise. So, but like forever. Um, with with salsa, it's more of. Um, you got to learn it. Like, there's, I don't even know what it's called. Is that called copa, the one that you, like, do kata, boom, turn, and yeah. yes. Um, like, that is not something that would come natural to a casinero ever. I remember that during our first carnival exchange, we had, like, professional casino dancers, the all-stars, wow. okay. coming to New Orleans, and a lot of salseros tried to dance with them. And they tried to do that one with them, and they were like, what is going on? So... <laughs> The footwork is not as not that similar. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, I, so I take classes, and um, I know you break back in Cuban, correct? That's like your first step. Um, you you, you can break back for one of the, yeah for okay. like paso de son. You can break back. Um, we we used to teach like the basic step in open position is wapea. The beginner version, like the very beginner, which we try to stay away from, breaks back. But now now we're trying to teach it right uh-huh. with our whole idea of yeah. teaching it the yeah. fundamentals correctly, even if the fundamentals are a little bit challenging, um, but breaking forward on both, on the one and the five. Okay, okay, okay. I, I learned a little different, but I definitely understand that. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, how, how important is the caller? Like, can you still dance it without a caller? The rueda de casino? Yeah. Is everyone, is everyone at that point doing their own independent thing or? No, I mean, the rueda, like, everybody has to do the same right. thing okay, at once right, right, or right. else, Because you're you switching know. partners and everything. So, yeah. so the so caller is very important? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that specific training to be a caller? Like, well, how does that work? No, you just okay. need to know where the one is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you okay. have to call on the one. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or even then, if you call on the five, you just have to speak really fast. Okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, did, did, are y'all certified callers? Like, you <laughs> I would say we're certified. <laughs> <laughs> we both call. We both okay, call. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think that's a, it's quite the skill to be dancing. and then, like, It oh, takes practice. Right, yeah. And, and especially, like, when I haven't called in a while, <laughs> the last time I called, it was I was really rusty. <laughs> 
understand. And it's it's hard for the caller because they have to mem- they have to remember right. what you know like think of something to come next and you know be creative. So I, I say a call is essentially leading, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Leading a whole leader of people. the lead. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So I guess also with the caller. Aside from remembering what call to call next, like just like having your little bag of, of moves, mm-hmm. bag of tricks, you also need to know who's dancing in the rueda. And you need to analyze, okay, does this person know setenta? Does right, this person know enchufla? Right. Like what their level is? And then also if you have to really look at literally the, the whole rueda to know if someone has messed up because you can't call until it's fixed. Exactly. So it's, it takes a lot of focusing. I guess. And a lot of trial and error. A lot of crashes. Potential yeah. accidents. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, that, um, Rueda is, is amazing to watch. Yeah. Absolutely Yay. amazing to watch. It's <laughs> incredible. It's, it's so much fun to dance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's, so true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's just like, Synchronization. It's like, what is that thing they do in the swimming pool? Uh, synchronized swimming. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> lots of fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I love it. It's cool. I need to take more it's, classes. It's basically like doing a choreography without right. practicing before what on you're going to do. And, yeah, right. on the spot choreo. Yeah, yeah. People who have never seen Rueda de Casino sometimes ask us. Yeah, they're like, oh, how long did y'all plan this? I don't know. We made it up just now. <laughs> they're yeah. amazed. Yeah, it's very cool. I want to ask you, um, what are some of your upcoming events? I know you have a flash mob this Saturday and some classes. Anything else going on? Well, we were having um, monthly and twice a month socials last year, and we are we're supposed to be having a board meeting next week to be able to decide like the dates um, for all of our socials this year. Um, yes, totes. Um, we're planning on having maybe just because of uh, when you have a social that's just it's uh, too often. Attendance is slow, so we're aiming for one social a month, um, uh, and most likely at the well because that's our favorite favorite spot on Basin Street. Um, that's like home base for us. Uh, one one month there, and then one month uh, we would like to have take advantage of the wonderful weather that's coming um, at City Park. Just put a PA system and just have a free social. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, maybe during the day, either on a Saturday or a Sunday, it would be nice to have like a, you know, a hangout. Let's let's dance casino. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's awesome. Like, even though, in my personal opinion, um, even though we all agree that the dancing since Leon is really small, mm-hmm. we need other socials to go to. Like, exactly. I feel like we're running out of options. Don't yeah. get me wrong. The, the socials that we have, they're great. They're amazing. But when you do the same thing over and over, right? You need something, you know, yeah, something to keep fresh. you motivated, yeah. Yeah. right? And we need that, I think. So please, please, even <laughs> once a month. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take it once every other month. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but we really need that, right? I think yeah. one is going to help those that are actually uh, taking classes. You know, they're going to have take a place it to practice their skills yes. and it's what a whole they different dance. Yeah. So you know that you can add and definitely want to help with what push ever dance. Yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, one of the reasons uh, you asked about the events, our class um, for April 20, it's starting April 25th. And we have scheduled, this is the first time we've tried this. Um, a lot of, a lot of um, I guess one of our challenges has been getting the folks that we have in our class going to social dance. So we are figuring out a way to trick people into social dancing. Um, so that's why we scheduled it for Thursdays before Sergio Social at Dance Quarter. So you have no excuse. So you finish class and you go dance. Yeah, I, I can understand that social dance can't seem intimidating at times. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like... Um, when I when I first started going to Sergio Social, you know, a lot of people would come up to me and dance with me, and um, it was pretty good. So, um, it has this like whole loungy studio oh, feel. Oh, that's what is amazing. Yeah. So, so I, I think it would be good for for um, people to go practice casino. And Sergio is really kind, and he puts timba. Yes. <laughs> I've had people say that um, you know social dancing is essentially like like a, a, it's essentially a class, right? Really, learning out there as well. Yes, it's just as important as taking classes. Yes, yes. I want. I want to. I would be um, terrible if I didn't bring up the uh, Mardi Gras a la Cubano. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I I did this this year. Was that? Um, I forgot the phrase. Which one was it? Zulu. Zulu. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you guys do so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's not just uh, us performing in Zulu. It's actually like a whole weekend. Uh-huh. More than a weekend worth yeah. of activities. Okay. So it's five we, days. we have, um, you know, parties, socials every single night. Um, you, on the Kenola or? Yes. Oh, so wow. It's, it's us and. And Diaspora. Diaspora. Oh, I don't know Diaspora. Who is that or what is that? Diaspora is a travel agency or it's called tra- Diaspora Travel Experiences. One of our uh, Dile Kenola founders, Abril Baloney, she's an attorney um, that is now has this like travel consulting company. And she focuses on bringing folks to Cuba. Okay. So right now, she's actually, hello, Abril, in, in Cuba with the mayor, Latoya Contrell. So she, she brings, um, she tries to bring awareness of, like, the, the connection between Cuba and New Orleans through travel. And we do the same, but through dance and the arts. Yeah. So we partner together, and um, we organize this. This has been our third our, year. Yeah, this is okay. our third year. Yeah. Yeah, the Mardi Gras. So it's so our partnership is called the Carnival Exchange Project, and the event is called Mardi Gras Loguano, Um, and it's five days: so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday. And a lot of people think that it's like a dance congress, like a casino dance congress, but it's it, it is in the, in some aspects, but the way that it differentiates is that we like to make it very community oriented, building community because um we have to practice um as it's like every participant that is in Zulu and that goes to the parties, like it's not like people are like clicky or like in their own like I'm staying with my friends from right. from San Francisco, or from Los Angeles, or from here. Like we got to see each other, and we got to dance with each other, and practice with each other. Yeah. So we have have a lot of like team building opportunities during this weekend, and then we get to social dance. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you have people um, coming from out of state and just doing the perform with you at the Mardi Gras. Yes, yeah. they okay. attend the whole weekend. That's so awesome. We have workshops during That's the day, so cool. the parties at night. Yes. We even do a community performance. On Lundy Gras, yeah, um, and that's the Monday performance, and so all the out of towners get to participate in that as well. That's, that's so awesome. So uh, yeah, we mm-hmm. had people from man all over Canada, 
yeah, Canada, Boston, um, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Houston, Houston, Tampa. I'll be honest with you. DC. I don't know if I just don't stay in the loop, but you won't do so much, and I'm, I just don't really hear about this. I, I'm so sorry. It's all good. Yeah, you, you guys are amazing. You, you're doing <laughs> so you. much. <laughs> well, it's just, I guess, a lot of. A lot of our communication goes through the Dile Kenola page and the okay. Carnival Exchange page. Um, I feel like I feel like we posted so much on those like uh, shall we dance Orleans. on the yeah, pages, New Orleans dance but events pages. I try not to bombard because I know that it's no. overwhelming. Um, but it's really it's really neat um, because people are learning these choreographies for months in advance. Okay. Yeah. So we send out these video tutorials. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. yeah. You and um, your friend, your who a male friend of yours, a male you friend were, of me. You were teaching like a choreography or something. I think it was a flash mile. The flash mile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Daniel yeah. Wagner. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yes. We were teaching the the flash mob. Um, just moves, exactly, but yeah, similar yeah. to that, we would come up with choreographies. Um, so I choreographed one for Dilekenola, then Ryan choreographed to represent San Francisco. Um, DC Casineros choreographed one. So different, like m big schools that come or big artists that come, they choreograph. Uh, Tina was one of the choreographers for reggaeton. Um, so we like to represent like different styles and but try to keep it as Cuban as possible. But it's 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 something magical when you go to these practices and all of a sudden like I'm here like facing the back and doing my choreo and then I turn around and there's like eighty people dancing the same choreography yeah, and they awesome. all know it and this is our first time practicing. That's it's awesome. it's really great. That is. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I wanna just I guess really just thank you all for taking the time out your day to come talk to us. Oh, thank yeah. you yeah. for having us. Of course, We're of course. To be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can tell that you all are, uh, you know, just very passionate about Cuban sauce and Cuban roulette and all that. Um, I really want to thank you. I want, I want to ask you, um, how can people get in contact with you? How can they reach you? Uh, multiple ways. So we have our Facebook page, Facebook slash uh, Nola. Um, that's one way you can always go on there look at all the events that we have coming up. We post almost every day. Um, and then you can also message the page itself. Okay. Um, you could do that or yeah. you can get in touch with, with, you know, one of us, yeah. Nicole or myself. Um, we have, we launched our, our website. website. Yeah. We ramped it, revamped it yeah. and posted it, it today. Nice. It looks nice. Very nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, that one and I guess messaging Dile Canola is the easiest way through Facebook because, like, ten of us are admins, and uh, you will respond. get a response okay, cool. immediately. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I don't know. You might not know this, but we're starting this tradition where at the end of the episode, we were we dance with the uh, the guests, but I, my food is very rusty. I don't How is yours, Donna? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to find out. <laughs> So, uh, if y'all don't mind, could we dance with you all? Oh, sure thing. Any last words? No, just like Terrence said, thank you very much. Um, you. you know, and thank you for giving it up, right? It's been a few years. This is the fourth year. Fourth uh, so year. Enola. So, thank you very much. Thank, and, and keep it up, right? I think the community, like I said, it needs that, right? It's a different dance. And it's fun, Um we all love it when you guys get together and do La, la Rueda. 
you know, one of the socials, because it's not something, we don't get to see that too often, or often right. at all. So every time you guys come on, it's like, who are these people? I want that. <laughs> and it looks so amazing. So keep it up. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Any last words? I guess thank you for having oh, us. I think this is great mm-hmm. that y'all are doing this this dance related podcast yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah. I think we we need something like this, you know, just to kind of um, you know bring together the dance community even more, um, and so that you know we just need to spread the word yeah. about yeah. it, and you know, and hopefully so you can it'll keep grow. interviewing <laughs> all the different dance groups, right, and right. we can all try something different, yeah. and yeah. yeah, maybe one day we'll have like the catrachas represent. You know, yeah. yes. maybe like a professional punta dancer that we don't know about. Oh. Yes, yes, maybe maybe through you the dance community will expand. Maybe somebody will run into this and to Spotify and yeah. boom. Hey, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Thank you. Uh, of course. Um, I think that'll do it for episode 29 of the Two Lefty Podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey, hey.
Hey everyone, uh, if you made it this far to all the way to the end of the video, I want to thank you so much. Um, my overall goal with making these interviews and these episodes is uh, to give a voice to dancers, you know, to give them a platform to speak their story. So uh, if this is of value to anyone, then that, that means the world to me. Um, my overall goal is to give value to the dance community. So, if you find no value in this, then I, I urge you to please let me know where I can improve on. Um, I, I truly want to, you know, just, uh, give value and content to, to the dance community. Um, so please let me know how I can improve, where I'm messing up, because to be a hundred percent honest with you, um, you know, I'm learning along the way as I do this. I, I truly am. So, um, to be able to interact with, you know, the dance community, it means the world to me because it, it gives me feedback and it lets me know, you know, what I'm doing right, where I can improve upon, um, you know, what I'm doing wrong, which I feel like might maybe more important. Um, so please, if you all could, could comment and just let me know what you think, it, it means the world to me because, you know, that feedback just helps me improve. So, um, Please comment uh, as well, you know, please like and subscribe. That means a lot as well. Um, but, you know, I, I want to say thank you so much for for just watching this because it means the world to me. Um, you know, I want to I wanna take you on this journey of the Two Little Feet podcast. You know, I'm, I'm very excited for it. So once again, thank you so much.